You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to the Faith Roots Podcast today. I really appreciate you being with me. And those of you who listen on a daily basis, thank you. And if you hadn't already, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and ring that bell. And that way you'll get notifications every time we put a new podcast out. Now, we're doing these five days a week. And uh, we'll do a series of 20 in a month. There'll be some months where we may uh, skip the last few days and the next few days of the next month. But there will be 20 days every month. And uh, so we're doing them on different themes. Right now we're talking about the importance of understanding the difference between your spirit, your soul, and your body. And so we go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 to get our text. Now, may the God of peace himself... God's got peace. If you're not living in peace, it's because there's some things about God that you do not fully know. The more that you learn of Him the more peace you will have. Peace is not something that you pray for. I, I, I remember when I first was a, a believer, first came to Christ, I was very troubled. I was a very troubled young person mentally. I had a lot of confusion. I, I even wondered if there was a God or not. Even after I accepted Christ, I had doubts and things came at my mind. And I used to cry out to God for peace. And peace doesn't automatically come just because you pray for it. Peace comes when you learn to change your thinking. And this is what you've got to know. You cannot allow your own thinking to reign supreme in your being. There comes a time when you have to say, look, God said this, I'm going to trust that, I'm going to believe that, and I'm not going to allow thoughts in my mind that contradict that. And every time that I have trusted God's Word and learned how to believe it, I eventually found that God's Word was true. I saw it proved out in my life, and I saw that that thing that I believed was not true. Your own impressions, your own inclinations, your own family beliefs, and your own emotions can fool you. And so many people have been fooled over the years because they allowed those things that they grew up with to dominate them instead of reprogramming their minds with the Word of God. So let's read 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you wholly, that means completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's a lot of confusion in the body of Christ about the nature of sin in the believer. Uh, there are a lot of people who think that even after we receive Christ, we are still sinners. A lot of people will say we're just sinners saved by grace. In order to get a handle on the truth in this area, we need to realize what God has said. We need to buy into it doctrinally, and that will change how we live experientially. Let me explain this. There are a lot of people who believe we still have two natures, that there's a part of me that was born again, but, but, but not all of my heart was changed. I'm still a sinner deep in my heart. 
When you think like that, it will affect you experientially. Let me explain what happened to me uh, doctrinally. I heard that Christ died on the cross for me. I heard that He was the only way of salvation. Those are doctrines. I heard that today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. I heard that if I said I'm going to put off receiving Jesus, I heard that I was actually rejecting Jesus. That got under my skin. It made me think. For the next 24 hours, I was troubled until I went back to church and gave my heart to Christ. I made that decision. I was changed on the inside. My doctrine changed my experience, and that's what happens in life. Your doctrines change your experience. Doctrine is a dirty word, and really part of the problem today in the Christian world is we don't realize that there's a difference between doctrine and dogma. Dogma is a tradition that is developed based upon a set of beliefs, but doctrine is something that's God-given. There is no arguing of that doctrine. It's very clearly stated in Scripture. And so the New Testament places a heavy emphasis on doctrine. Now listen to this. This is about Jesus, Matthew 7, 28, 29. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And along with this, Jesus was healing. And so his doctrine was not only a doctrine of words, there was action to follow up. You could see the proof of Jesus' doctrine. Here's John 7, uh, 7 16. Jesus answered them, his critics. He said, my doctrine is not mine but it's His that sent me. So He said, these things I'm teaching, I'm submitted to them. They came from somewhere else. You and I need to live that way. We need to quit setting our own doctrine and, and let the Word of God set our doctrine. All right, look at Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 41. Then they that gladly received His Word, this is talking about Simon Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. They that gladly received His Word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So once again, these people saw the importance of doctrine. That's how they grew. Romans six seventeen. But God be thanked that though you were the slaves of sin, yet, now listen to this, you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. To under which you were placed, 20th century New Testament says. God delivered you to a doctrine or an idea. He set you under an idea. Now this is important. You don't live by your experiences. You live by God's ideas. God's ideas will change your experience. They'll change what you experience. If you don't like what you're experiencing, then you need to submit your thinking to God's ideas that's the purpose of doctrine. Doctrine is given to change the way we think. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8, 9, 10, 11. But we know that the law, the law of Moses, is good if one uses it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and the insubordinate, 
for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy, for the profane, for murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, for manslayers, fornicators, sodomites, kidnappers, liars, perjurers, and if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. That's what Paul said. Paul said that the Old Testament law didn't have in it all of the doctrines that we have in this New Testament. The doctrines that we have in this New Testament are foreshadowed in the Old Testament law. They pointed to this amazing change that would take place when Christ came. But Christ came and gave power that we did not have. The Old Testament follower of God could not be born again. Listen to me. Nicodemus, the teacher who came to Jesus, who was a scholar, he taught people the laws of God. Jesus said to him, you must be born again. Nicodemus had no idea what he was talking about. If people were born again all through the Old Testament, then Nicodemus would surely have known what Jesus was saying when he said, you must be born again. Being born again is a New Testament doctrine. Now, that's the central doctrine of the New Testament, the news of Christ. It's this, that the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ makes it possible for a believer to be recreated inwardly. We are no longer just forgiven sinners. Listen, the Old Testament saints were forgiven sinners. If being a forgiven sinner was the fullness of God's program, there was no need for Jesus to come and die on the cross. They already had forgiveness in the Old Testament. Christ came to do something more. We do not make light of our forgiveness. We rejoice. Yes, we're forgiven. But we were forgiven in order that we could move on to something new. We're new creatures in Christ. Let me read to you Romans chapter 6 and verse 6 from the Weymouth translation. This we know, that our old self was nailed to the cross with Him. Now let's think about that. Was your body nailed to the cross with Jesus? No. Was your mind nailed to the cross with Jesus? No. Then there's only one part of you that is left. Your spirit. That's why I use 1 Thessalonians 5.23 as a text. God says, I pray, or Peter, uh, Paul said, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body, those are the three parts, one of those had to be nailed to the cross with Christ. It was your spirit. That is your old self. Your old self, your old desires, your old heartfelt desires, your old inward man that was completely separated from God, that had death in it. That was nailed to the cross with Christ. All right? In order in order that the body, the stronghold of sin, might be rendered powerless. Listen to that. Here he says it plain as day. This is 20th century New Testament, Romans 6, 6, in the last part of the verse. He says the body is the stronghold of sin. When you are a born-again believer, the body, your outward man that has lust and desires that pull you in the wrong direction... That body is called, in Romans 6, 6, the stronghold of sin. That is broken because now you have the power to overcome it. Your spirit is made stronger than your body. 
tell you a football story. I got on my Lincoln Christian football shirt here, so I'll tell you a football story. I remember when I was in the 10th grade, we were playing a football game, and there was a guy across from me who was just absolutely murdering me all night long. I mean, I, I couldn't block him. And, and I thought, I need, to get, I need to get riled up. I need to get enthusiastic. So, and I thought it would help if I told him, I'm going to kill you. And I, I looked across, and I didn't mean that literally, but I mean, I, I told him, I'm going to kill you. And, and you know what? <laughs> it didn't change a thing. He whipped my tail. You know why? Because I wasn't strong as he was. He was way stronger than me. Well, we moved, and the new high school I moved into was 2,500 students, whereas my old one was 175. And the new high school, we had an amazing weight program and a tremendous off-season football program. And I started lifting weights, and it took. I mean, I got amazingly strong. And uh, I, I kept, I, I not only lifted weights at school, I went home. And we didn't have weights, but I found all kinds of ways to do isometrics. I did push-ups on the wall, standing upside down, vertically. And, and I'd do those men really get going. On. And, you know, I never again, never again on the football field did I ever have to say to any other player, I'm going to kill you. I, I just did it. I, I was stronger than the other guys. And I found out it's not just because you have a will. I had a will to beat that first guy. I wanted to beat that first guy when I was in the 10th grade. I wanted to beat him. Couldn't do it. I didn't have the strength. So what I had to do is I had to go get the strength. And I went and got the strength, and never again was that an issue. I learned how to be a better player by having strength. Now, here we go. Our old sin nature is gone. It is crucified. But we have to learn how to walk in it. Now, a lot of people would teach us that we have dual natures. But I want to turn you to the book of Genesis, chapter 3. We're going to read three verses there, 22, 23, 24. This is after Adam sinned. Very important. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. Before he knew only good. Now he knows evil too. And he has accepted evil. He's chosen evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from where he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim. These are guardian angels. And he put them at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now let me explain what's going on here. Adam was born again in the Garden of Eden the wrong way. He passed from life to death. We're born again. We pass from death to life. But Adam had the reverse. He took a sin nature immediately in his spirit. God said, the day you eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. He did. He died spiritually right then and there. Now God had to keep him from going back into the middle of the Garden of Eden. Because next to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there was the tree of life. And here, very clearly, in these verses, the Bible says if a person ate the fruit of the tree of life, they would live forever. God did not want Adam living forever with two natures. He had a sin nature, but if he eats the tree of life, he's going to live forever in this perpetual state of sin. God is not big on dual natures. 
And there are people today who would have you to believe that when you accept Christ, you have a dual nature now. You have part of you in your spirit that wants to uh, do the right thing, and part of your spirit is still filled with murder and theft and jealousy. And listen to me. Your entire spirit was born again, and it is from that spirit and through that spirit you're going to receive the power to defeat the stronghold of sin, which Romans 6, 6 says is your outward man. Do we still struggle with the wrong desires? Yes, but that's not coming from your spirit. Your spirit was recreated. You are struggling with the outer man, which has lust and desire. And we'll talk more about this. We're going to get into this because I want to convince you doctrinally how important it is to believe what God did so you can have experientially what he wants you to have in your life. That's all the time I have for today, but we'll pick up here tomorrow. I hope you'll be sure to tell somebody about this podcast and be sure to subscribe to our email. Go to myfaithroots.com if you hadn't done that already. Hey, thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.